How's all doing? Good. Good. Just let me get myself organised here. I'm just a little bit. Ask ask my wife. I'm very unorganised. <laughs> I might look like I got it all together, but something, you know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Alrighty. Everyone doing all right? Yeah. Yep. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm so grateful and honoured to be able to speak this morning. I thank Pastor Gary and Pastor Jane and the leadership team every time for this opportunity to speak because it's such an honour. Um, I never thought in a million years that I'd be preaching God's word, but here I am. Um, who knows that when God puts a dream in your heart, even when you're young, even when you're old, that one day if you continue to seek him, even though you might make many mistakes along the way, that you, you will achieve that dream. You will, I believe that's a word for someone this morning. No matter what you're going through right now, keep your eyes fixed on the Lord and you will. Those dreams that God has put in your heart, you will see them come to pass. You will see them come to pass. You know, this, this week I was, uh, I was praying and seeking the Lord and uh, God began to speak to me. He's been challenging me a lot lately. You know, we've been talking about the different tools that we need to be able to reach our community and, and all that. And we've been, God's really been pressing on our hearts and calling us as a church to fulfill the great commission here on this earth and to reach out to our lost and dying community. Um, when I say lost and dying, I mean uh, they don't know the Lord. They, they need to know the Lord um, because if they don't know the, the Lord, they're going to spend an eternity separated from him. And we don't want that. We don't want that. And God has been challenging us as a church to take hold of that commission that he called his disciples uh, to before he left earth. And he is challenging us to be able to fulfill that here on this earth because there, there is a time coming. There is a time coming where we're running out of time and the Lord will return. And, and I want to see people come to know the Lord. I don't know about you, but those people who don't know the Lord that are in your world, I want to see them come to know Jesus because it's great. It's a great life to live with, with God Almighty. And so uh, this morning I want to talk to you about being salt and light, being the salt and light of the world. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, just turn to uh, Matthew 5, chapter 13. Matthew 5, chapter 13. As soon as I read this verse last Sunday morning, it hit me real hard. And uh, God has really been challenging me this week in this area. And I have to admit to you, some, on some days I failed miserably. Um, you know, uh, to re- sometimes my attitude does not reflect God's attitude um, towards other people and... Uh, I'm just being completely honest with you this morning. I, I'm a, I'm a, I have not got it all together. I, God is challenging me in this area, and I just wanted to bring it. I believe that this is a word for today. All right, so Matthew 5, verse 13, it says, this is Jesus saying, it's written in red, so Jesus is saying it, so it's important, we need to listen to it. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. We're going to leave it there for a sec. You are the soul of the earth. 
Mark 9 verse 50 in the New Living Translation says, Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. You know, as you are reading through the book of Mark, you look back just before Jesus says this and um, the disciples are, are sort of wondering among themselves about who... Who is the greatest? You know, who who who's going to be the one? You know, uh, uh, you know, who who is the greatest among themselves? And they were silencing other people who were casting out demons and healing the sick in Jesus' name and all that sort of thing. And Jesus was saying, you know, no, let them do that. If they're doing it in my name, it's fine. And so here, when uh, Jesus is talking about the salt is good for seasoning, he's talking about uh, true discipleship. He's talking about. Um, not striving after selfish ambitions, but just uh, to 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 uh, strive after to be a true disciple, to be to strive after the things of God. And um, you know, if we lose the flavour of true discipleship in striving after selfish ambition, we become useless. You know, we don't we shouldn't be striving for positions of preference and all that sort of. Let God take care of that. That's not our, that's not our responsibility. Instead, we need to allow the salt of the gospel to preserve us from the selfish ambitions so that we can live at peace with each other as Christians so that other people can see that we are salt. We are good flavor. In our heart, we are not to lose the flavor of God. We are not, I, don't want, I don't know about you, but I don't want to become someone that has no use. You know? Have you ever tasted something that, has no, like, that needed salt? But there's no salt around, and you try to eat it, it's very, it's very bland. And it's the same as Christians if we lose that saltiness, that we, we become very bland and useless to God. We need to, not be so, we need to not focus on ourselves. We need to not focus on ourselves. So let me grab, we're going to look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. When I read this, I just had to laugh because uh, I'm sort of, you know, a, li- a little bit immature when it comes to certain things. Uh, Luke 14, verses 33 to 35. Jesus is talking about the cost of true discipleship. It says, from verse 33 of chapter 14, it says, So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. And what he's talking about here is, uh, um, I believe, is... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, is like selfish ambition, like giving up yourself, as in like giving up your own desires and following after the desires of God. In verse 34, it says, Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it saltiness, salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. That's where I laugh there, you know. Some, some versions say dunghill. So, you know, that's just my little. You know, I'm a little kid at heart. <laughs> um, anyone, uh, and it says it is thrown away. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. Um, basically, uh, out of these three, ver- out of these three verses that I've read about salt, with no flavour, it's not good. It's 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 gross. It's disgusting. And uh, you know what? I know in my life, God really convicted me when it came to being salt. 
Because there are areas in my life where I've, where I've been selfish and I've tried to strive after, I've, 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 um, I've strived after different things that I know that God wants me to do but I'm not ready for yet. And instead of focusing on God, I've, I've, looked, at, I've, I've looked at myself and going, I want that now, I, 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 I need it now and God, I can do it without you. But really, I couldn't. Really, I couldn't. And uh, so we need to just let go of ourselves and just see what God wants to do in our lives. I'm going to use this illustration. You're wondering why I've got a bag of chips here. That, yeah, they're, not for, they're, not as a, they're not as a snack for me to, when I'm preaching. Um, but these are original Red Rock Deli, sea salt deli-style potato chips. All right? Now, me, I'm not a big fan of original chips. I need flavour on them. But I was, I was once, you know, staying with my mum and dad, and uh, I was, uh, he, dad goes, oh, here, have some chips. And they, they were these chips. And I started eating them. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a big fan of original, so, but I'll try one anyway just to be polite, you know. So I started trying it, and I, I found myself, I just wanted to keep eating them. And I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. I want more. I want more. Can I have another bowl? And, uh, and all that sort of thing. And uh, it was the, and what it is, is it was the salt. It had just enough flavor on it to, they just, they, these chips have got just enough flavor in them to want you, want, make you want more. And it's the same with the gospel. It's the same with us. We need to be, we need to be that flavor to the people in the world that don't know Jesus so that they will get a little taste and keep wanting more and keep wanting more. Just like me with no self-control over those potato chips. <laughs> we, need peop- we need to, when they have an encounter with us um, in our workplace, in our world, our neighbours, whoever it may be, we need to, be, we need to show the flavour of Jesus in our lives, with our conversations, in our interactions, so that it leaves people wanting more. Just like these chips, how I want more of them. I do, yes. But I'm not going to. Self-control. Interactive church. (laughs) Uh, Just like I wanted more of those chips. We need to leave people wanting more of Jesus. We need to leave people wanting. What is that flavor that makes me want more? What is it in their lives that makes me want more? Awesome. I was thinking about those chips now. I shouldn't have used it as an illustration. (laughs) So in that, in our interactions and stuff, as we're being the salt of the earth. We need to recognize that in our interactions with people, that our life, our life can either have a positive or a negative effect on someone. Our, our interactions with people can either, can either leave them with a positive reflection, a positive flavor of Jesus, or if you, it's like when you're a kid and, and your parents try feeding you vegetables and you're like, Ugh, you know, or our interactions can either make them want more and want them 
want, make them want to know Jesus, want, want to know more about Jesus and what we're about, or our interactions can either be negative and and like Brussels sprouts or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they could be totally, completely turned away. Even if you put, you can put as much salt on Brussels sprouts as you like. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat them. I'm not gonna eat them. In Colossians four five verse six, I'm reading this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, "Conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders. Non- that means non-believers. Make the most of every opportunity." treating it as something precious. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. Make the most of every opportunity, treating it as something precious. Every interaction that we have with people, we need to treat it as something precious. Because like I said, if we, if we um, treat it as something precious and we begin to look upon God and look at that person the way God sees them, our interactions will be completely different. Yeah. We'll begin to be that flavor. We'll begin to be that salt. Yeah. Sprinkle it. Give them a taste. Of what God is like. You know, salt doesn't just give flavor, but it's used as a preserve as well. And uh, we need to use that salt to preserve the God so the gospel can be preserved in the lives of other people as well and in ourselves. We need to be that salt so that we ourselves can remember the gospel and the importance of it in our lives, but as well as the importance that people need to hear the gospel. So how can we be the salt of the earth? How can we do that? It's a good question. Glad you asked. Um, One, we need to be people who continually seek God so that the Holy Spirit can lead us and show us what a person needs at the time. We've been, Pastor Gary's been talking about the ninja prayers. Whoa! <laughs> the ninja prayers. You know, they are effective. They are effective. You might not see it at the moment, but they, are, they, they do. They are effective. And uh, one day out of the blue, there will be an opportunity from that prayer for you to be able to share into someone's life. I've started to see it a little bit at work, not, not, not fully yet, but I've started to see it a little bit, um, which is really, really exciting. But, you know, we need God. We need to let go. Of, don't Try not to do it yourself. Try not to do it yourself. That is why Jesus said, When I go, I'm going to send a helper. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, living in our hearts. He is the helper. There's a reason why he's called the helper, because we don't know how to do it ourselves. I'm sorry, but we don't. 
I don't. I know I don't. Just ask my wife, she'll tell you. Uh, she's great. <laughs> but as an example, you might be working away in your workplace or whatever, you might be looking over and then the Holy Spirit will just give you a little nudge. You, you, you'll, know, you'll know because you won't be able to get that person out of your head. You won't be able to, you'll be thinking, where's that coming from? You know, I'm trying to do work, Lord, but, you know, what do you want me to do in this situation? And um, it could be some, something simple as a word of encouragement. Someone might be feeling down. Someone might be not sure of life. You might just be there to encourage them. Just a little bit of flavor, a little bit of salt, a little bit of salt. Sprinkle that flavor of encouragement. Number two, to be the salt, we need to realize that everything that we do brings glory to God and not ourselves. To not do things in our own strength. Like I said before, if if we were able to reach the world, if we were able to reach the people in our world in our own strength, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. But God, Jesus said, I will send a helper, a helper. We need to lean on that. We need, to, we need to lean on God. We need to lean into God. We need to let go of anything, any of our own ideas and just let God work in that situation. When God is at work, great things happen. When God is at work, great things happen. In, in my life, when God's been at work, um, in my interactions with people, I'll be just talking with them, having a normal conversation with them, and then all of a sudden, they'll start to blurt something out that's completely out of the blue. And I'm like, where the heck did that come from? In my mind, I'm thinking, where the heck did that come from? Like, and part of me, I've got to let go of myself. Part of me saying, I don't really want to hear your life story. But that's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, Luke. You know, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm doing something here. I'm doing something in this situation. And that's where me and myself, this is where God really convicted me um, not to look at my own time or selfish ambitions or anything like that, but just to look at the need, see the need. What, what, is, what, is, what is God doing in this, in this conversation? What is God doing right now? Because, you know, I've ignored that for too long. I have to, I'm, I'm going to admit something to you this morning. I have, I have ignored that. I've ignored that prompting. And I've missed so many opportunities in my life, especially in my workplace, especially um, in, in, in my old workplace that I used to work at. I've missed so many opportunities. And, and when, I, when, when God was talking to me through, this script, through these scriptures, I, I was just like, oh, sorry, God. I'm so sorry. Your heart is to see all men saved. And I've just ignored that. I've ignored that. You've given me that. You gave me the door. You gave me the opening to, 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 to listen to say something when it was needed to be said, but I ignored it. I just kept doing my own thing and kept talking about normal, mundane, everyday things. So we need to let go of ourselves and just and, and do things in God's strength, not our strength. Let's go back to Matthew 5 again, and we'll keep reading. Verse 14. 
says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16 says, Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I think this verse is pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, Jesus says in John that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if we as Christians are to become Christ-like, We need to reflect his light as such. Let your light, we are the light of the world, let your light shine before men. You know, when there is a blackout, and we live in South Australia, so we might have a few of them. That, that, that's, for another, that's another story. Um, but anyway, when you have a blackout, what's the first thing you try to do? Especially at night time. What's the first thing you try to do? Yeah. Find a light. Look for a candle. Torch. Anyone else? Light some matches. <laughs> Remember where you put the coffee table? It's good. Anyone else? What else do you what do you try to do when there's a blackout? Put the generator on. There you go. I'm glad you got a generator. All right. You you try to look for a light, don't you? And in the modern world, you have your phone. You sort of look around and you're looking for all the torches you can find. And with, like us, we have our camping gear hidden in a cupboard that's in the shed, which has got a lot of stuff in front of it. So you're stumbling over stuff and all that sort of thing, trying to find this light to try and light up your house the best that you can. You're trying to light up that room. And, you know, that is what people who don't know Jesus are like. You know, in this, in this dark world... They're stumbling around looking for something. They're stumbling around tripping over the coffee table, tripping over stuff that's been left on the floor by the kids. Um, and they're looking for a light. They're looking for something so that they can see. They need to see. But they keep tripping over stuff. A bit like me in my garage at the moment. Every time I try to go to grab, the, go get something out of it, there's stuff everywhere and I trip over it. But... That's what people are like. They're, stro- they're stumbling over addiction. Yeah. They're tripping over depression. Yeah. They're tripping over financial hardship. Yeah. They're tripping over relationship breakdowns. Yeah. They're tripping over things that are causing them to, you know, just to feel lost. Yeah. That is what people are like in this dark world. They're like, their life is a constant blackout. And I don't know about you, I don't like living in the dark. So we as Christians need to be the light. We know, we know Jesus, we have the light of God in us. So we need to put it up on a lampstand in the middle of the room, in the middle of our world, so that people can begin to see. They need to know, they need to know that Jesus, if you cry out to Jesus, he can help you and set you free from addiction, financial hardship, from depression. Jesus can deliver you from depression this morning. You know, we need to be that light. When we're in our world, we need to be the light. People need to know 
that there are people out there who are reflecting God's light, who can love and encourage them, give them a hope and a peace. Give them a hope and a peace. Uh, Philippians. Let's have a look in Philippians. I'm reading out of the NIV version. In Philippians, this is what we should be like in our world, in our workplace, in our interactions with other people. When I read this, I, again, God was really speaking to me. It's from verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. It says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing. I had to pause right there. In my workplace, I tell you what, there are sometimes I, oh, I grumble and argue especially when I have to work out in the rain. I cannot stand it. You're satched from head to toe and it's so hard not to grumble when it's raining, I tell you. Then in verse 15, it says, So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You know what? Have you ever been out in the country and you and you know you see the stars in the sky away from all the city lights? It is absolutely beautiful, isn't it? You look at the you know, you see the Southern Cross, you see all the all the other stars. They just seem a lot brighter when you're out when you're out of town, when you're in the middle of nowhere. They do, they seem a lot brighter. And I was thinking of that visualization when it says then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life we need to shine people need to see that we are different through our actions so that we in our in our work we need to act people need to see that that we are different in the way that we act and I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you guys this morning because God has really challenged me on this. And like I said before, uh, as I was putting this message together this week, there have, been op- there have been times where this week I haven't acted like this. I, it's so easy. Who knows it's so easy to grumble and complain? You know, the children of Israel did it when they were wandering in the desert and they saw miraculous signs. So, you know, if they, if they did it, it seems to be a natural inclination that we do it as well. When we don't like something, we grumble. When my kids don't like something, they grumble. But we need to do things without grumbling or arguing. Because you know what? You might not think so, but your boss is always watching. Your boss is always watching you. And if they can see that you are just working and you're doing stuff in your workplace without grumbling or arguing, it's amazing how much different they look at you, how much different they treat you. Even though sometimes there's pressure on you in your work life and there's always going to be pressure, we need to, tr- we need to think like God. We need to put on... The, we need to put on the mindset of God. We need to have the mindset of God and not argue. Not argue. Because in this verse, 
I like it how it's like a continuation effect. It's do everything without grumbling and arguing. But then it goes on to say, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. I want you, I want you to try something this week, and I'm going to try it myself. In your workplace or in your world or whatever you do, try doing something without, even if it's something you don't like, if someone asks, if your boss asks you to do something or whatever it may be, just, do it, just try to do it without complaining under your breath, you know. Oh, can you do that for me? <laughs> you know, you walk away and you, you try, try to do it without that. And, and think about this verse. Think about this verse and just say, okay, I'm just going to try and do it without complaining. See whether it makes a difference. God has called us, church. He has called us. He has called us as children of God to be salt and light. People that bring flavor, people that, that, that bring flavor and bring light to people who need it. You know what? I was brought to a verse, I was, I was, I was brought to a verse in uh, Psalms, chapter 34, verse 8. And uh, Psalm 34, verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him. Trust in him. Oh, taste and see. Taste and see. You get a taste of God, you want more. If, it, if, it is a pos- if it's a positive flavor, you're going to want more. If it's a negative flavor, you're not. I want more of these. I want more of God. I want people to see. I want people to see the nature of God in me. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of work. But I'm, there are people in my world, people in my world that need to see that. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's not just talking... That's, that's, that's not just talking to... Um, people who don't know God, that's talking to us as well. We need to continually taste and see that the Lord is good. We need to continually press into God, especially now. Especially now. You, you listen to things in the media. There's a lot of negativity in this world. There's a lot of things going on that, you know, that are creating a negative effect on people. And if we're not careful, it can create a negative effect on us as well. But we are different from people. We're, we are different from people that don't know God. We have, we have Jesus living inside of us. We have a hope. We have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Our God is good. We need people to see that. I don't know about you. But I want, I want the people that I interact with to walk away from our conversation and say, what is different about that person? What is different about Luke? Or I want people to interact with my family and go, what is, what is different about that family? What is different about that? I want to know more. I want to know more. Just that being that positive flavor.
being that light that reflects God's glory. Being that light that reflects God's glory. I believe that God wants to do some incredible things in Mount Barker. God has, God has called each and every one of you to this place for a reason. He has called you to your workplace for a reason. It's not just to pay the bills. It is to reach those people. You, you probably spend more time with those people in a day than what you do anyone else. You spend at least 40 hours a week with them. That's a lot of time. And though, yes, you've got, to do, you've got to do your job. I'm not saying don't do your job and just spread the gospel everywhere because God doesn't honor that either. He wants you to do your job properly. But when there's an opportunity, when you get a nudge from the Holy Spirit, and you'll know, you'll know because it's something that you don't, you know, it'll either come from your heart or it'll be something that there will be a thought that will enter into your mind saying, I want you to say something to that person. That, that's how God speaks to me. If it's on my heart, I just cannot, I cannot shake it. And I can feel, I can feel it. It's a weird feeling, and it, but I know it's God because it's a comfortable feeling. It's not, it's not a, uh, it, it's, a hard, it's hard to explain, but you will know. You will know. You will know that it's God. God is good. God is good. So I want to challenge you this week. God is God has challenged me personally in this area, but I want to challenge you this week that when you interact with people to think about the way God sees them. God loves them. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He cares for us. He cares for everyone. He made man in his own image. We heard that this morning. He cares for mankind. If, if God didn't want us to do anything, we would have got saved and we would have gone straight to heaven. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm out of here. But that's not the case. Matthew 28. Go, make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. Have a think about that. I don't I don't want to I don't want to be a false Christian anymore. I I don't want to be a, a person that is saying one thing here and doing a completely opposite thing out there. I want to reflect the glory of God wherever I go. I don't know about you, but I want I want people to see Christ in me. I was reminded as I was thinking of salt and light I was reminded this week of a song Um, it's a third day song and it's called cry out to Jesus and it says there is hope for the hopeless rest for the weary love for the broken heart there is grace and forgiveness mercy and healing that reaches wherever you are cry out to Jesus 
People need to know that they can cry out to Jesus. There is hope for the hopeless. There is a light. There is light. There is light. We have a we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility, church. Churches weren't meant to be empty. God's kingdom is meant to keep growing. And he has given us that responsibility to extend his kingdom. Yes, there are times that there is great revival and God does a supernatural thing, but it starts with us. It starts in our hearts. It starts with us taking our eyes off ourselves and focusing on God. Being salt and light. So that we can see Mount Barker and beyond wonder Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So let's go and be the salt and light of the world. We're going to play a, we're going to play a video. And we're going to um, call the worship team up as well. And uh, I just want you to think about the people in your world and just pray that prayer. Pray those ninja prayers that have been talked about over the, over the weeks, over the last few weeks. Pray those little prayers. It doesn't have to be a huge, extravagant prayer. We don't have to complicate things. Just simple, simple prayers. If you can think of someone, as we play the last song, as that video is playing and it's challenging us to be the church, just think. Think of someone. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you someone so that you can begin to make a difference in their lives. You can begin to see that there is hope. You can, they can begin to see that there is hope, that there is light. They don't have to stumble anymore. They don't have to trip over anymore. So let's play it. Thanks, Pete.